You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. I am your host, the host, and uh, we're going to take some calls. That's what we're going to do. It's very loud in my ears. I'm going to turn that down. Um, kind of conflicted on what to do here because we have so many calls and we got to kind of hit reset, you know, because there's there's a game coming and whatnot. Um, so I'm going to try to get through as many as I possibly can, all of them if possible, which means I'm going to have to do something I'm usually not able to do, which is to try to be quiet. But uh, let's get started and see how she goes. We've got 19 calls to get through. Hey, Ryan. It's Garrett. Uh, yesterday's call, a little bit over the top, but sometimes you just got to vent. Sometimes. You can't keep saying serenity now, serenity now, and hope that uh, the bad out. things go away. So uh, today uh, I just wanted to ask you a little bit you could uh elaborate a little more on what you had talked about yesterday regarding uh if jordan was playing this bad and we had picket on the bench what would people be saying and if we're looking at the reality of what's going on around the league you know they've already announced that they're benching uh matt ryan for the rest of the year not next week the rest of the year and i'm like how bad is this guy playing for you to say that even if the backup throws six interceptions, he's not going to come in yeah. or start the next game? That's crazy. That, that's pretty extreme. And then what is it going to take? Is it going to take Tom Brady being benched before our coach even thinks that it's even practical or makes sense to maybe bench uh, Rodgers? I don't know. But, I mean, you look at – the quarterback play across the board, and there's so many guys playing terrible. So many guys playing terrible. Um, I just I try to keep a balanced perspective on things, and some days I'll just listen to what he has to say on McAfee and stuff, and it just burns my you-know-what. But there's other days like, okay, this guy is intelligent. This guy's way, way, way more gifted than a lot of these other guys that are playing we're just going through a bad stretch that he's got to take some of the blame on himself, whether 
he thinks it, it is or not. I mean, it's just what a leader does. Leaders sometimes have to fall on the sword. And I just want to see some humility out of the guy, just a little bit. Maybe the cockiness is what's always got the best of other teams and him just thinking he's unstoppable. But, man, in the times right now, what we're looking at, show some humility and, you know, set the example for the rest of the guys. Because I think these guys want to play. It just, like I said, there's just things that are, we can't explain why they're not playing good. But we got to start with something. Something's got to change. I'm out. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to trying to think of something original to say because we've we've touched on the subject a lot. Um, I think the the biggest issue with the Aaron Rodgers situation in terms of you know anybody that wants him benched, which I'm I'm not even sure that I think that that's the best option. In fact, I, I think it's probably not. And I think the biggest reason is because right now. And this is probably not a good thing, but it's the situation we're in. Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers. The uh, text messages will not stop here. I'm trying to make that go away. I'm going to have to put it on vibrate. This is why my phone's on vibrate, and then I lose it, and I can't find it. I'm like, why, don't, why do you put your phone on silent? Why, why did you leave it? Um, 700 text messages later. They are very adorable pictures my wife is sending me, so I'm not complaining. I'm just uh, just talking. We're just talking here as adults. Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers. They don't have an identity outside of Aaron Rodgers. You know, everything they've done is to make this the uh, Green Bay Rodgerses. And so there is no identity outside of him. And, and and I think it's been that way for kind of a long time. Um, I, I remember back in the day, whatever day that would be, just being completely baffled at the fact that, you know, when Rodgers would get hurt, the defense would start playing worse. Like, what sense does that make? Do you not have your own identity outside of the quarterback? And I don't think anybody really does. Um, I think this team has been built around the idea that Rodgers is the heart and soul of the team. That's why when he has a bad attitude, everybody kind of starts to fade away. And when he's in a good mood, then everything seems to be better. It just everything lives and dies by Aaron Rodgers. And I just think the team entirely loses itself. And I, I don't think it can recreate itself just on a whim by benching Rodgers. You hand the keys to Jordan Love, and it, I think the reaction is, "You're not Rogers. You know what are you doing? You know." And as soon as anything goes wrong, it's, "Well, yeah, duh. I mean, this this is what happens when you don't have Rogers. We need Rogers. Where's Rogers?" So, I don't know. Um, I I just think that's the situation that we're in, and when we move on from Rogers, it's going to be a big kind of overhauling thing. I don't think it's something you can do in the middle of the season, just bench them because they, they, everybody came into this season as a member of the green Bay Rogers is including the GM, including the head coach. This team is, is run by it is, it is, you know, it's heart is Rogers. I don't mean that in a, in a lame way. I just mean the thing that pumps life through the entire team is Aaron Rodgers. So it just is what it is, man. Um, I don't know. I, I I I stand by what I said. If if this level of play was was Jordan Love, I don't. I think it would be pretty unanimous that he would need to not be playing. And there's been less of that because less people are are even assuming that Rodgers could possibly be as bad as he has been. But we're starting to see that. The podcast tomorrow, I've got a clip for you from the Athletic podcast where they go in depth on that, talking about this guy is just not it. I just. 
I didn't even play it because I promised everybody I would stop talking about it. But again, I go on Twitter. It's every five seconds I see something else, but it's Tony Pauline talking about, you know, that Aaron Rodgers has lost his edge. That's the problem. He just doesn't have it anymore. He probably should have retired. You know, I mean, it's just this, people are coming around to the realization that this team is entirely built on Rodgers and Rodgers just does not really have it. And I don't know that we can just make him go away and everything gets fixed. Maybe, but I don't, I don't think so. Hey, it's Nico. Um, hey, Nico. I don't think I made it into the show. But that's cool. Sorry. I know you'll catch up. Here's, I will say this. One reason why I thought Rodgers was going to play good this year is that he has in the past, like when Devontae would leave, kind of go back to playing more consistent, doing all his super good checkdowns. I thought, because he has a super elevated opinion of his own self-worth. Um, I mean, you could argue rightly so. Um, I thought he was going to really want to cement his greatness by, you know, without Devontae, still throwing 45 touchdowns, yeah. like, you know, 70% completion percentage, all that stuff, you know, super high rating. Because, um, you know, trolls will be trolls if his last year – Ends up being this year against without Devontae, and he just plays horrible. What are people going to say? Yeah. Oh, takeaways, good receiver, and he's nothing. Which I think is a little unfair because I know he's made a lot of receivers look good. Um, so I really thought, due to just his own ego, he was really going to focus and find the open dude. And I know the season's young, and who knows that could happen. But a uh, little bit surprised he's playing a little bit missed, and his little faces he's making. You know, after every bad play, kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning when he would make that dumb face. I just wanted to, you know, punch my TV. Um, but she didn't do that because that, I always remember a playoff game that Daniel Thomason played back when the Chargers were decent. Might have been around the time Breeze was there or early, you know, Rivers. And it was, they played the Patriots, um, I think in San Diego and he got hurt and he just sat on the sideline, didn't take his helmet off and kept his little, you know, his, he had his uh, tinted screen, so you couldn't see his face. He didn't take his shoulder pads off and go and, you know, cheer on his team. He just sat there and had a crappy attitude, and literally the team just wilted afterwards. Yeah. I wish Rodgers knew that even a, a bad facial expression can change his entire team, you know. But anyway, uh, hey, like I said, I, I'm, I'm good for everything, rebooting, keep them all, whatever. It makes it fun. So uh, I, I, just, I just have to keep hoping while he's here. They can turn this crap around. You know, who knows? They'll go out there and maybe beat the Bills next Sunday. That would be crazy. So, uh, all right. So, hey, go Pack go. Yeah. So, my, my thought is I, I'm sure Rodgers, you know, intended to go out and just tear it up even without Devontae. I just think he had the wrong formula. And that seems to be that, that, that seems to be the issue, as far as I can tell, is he wants to prove that he doesn't need Devontae to be the same guy he kind of does if what we mean by the same guy is a guy that decides pre-snap that I'm going to force it to such and such. You need Devontae to be that guy, right? Well, I can still make the throw. Well, fine. You can still make a pinpoint throw to a guy that's completely blanketed and it's going to get punched out. We've seen that several times. You throw the ball to about a perfect spot. I mean, a lot of his passes are off, but some of them are still, you know, they run the slant route you put it out in front of him where, where his outstretched hands just touch the ball. But guess what? The defender's right there and is still able to come over and punch it out. 
That's not Devontae Adams. And if you were going to prove to the world that um, you didn't need Devontae, you need, what you needed to do isn't prove that you still have the, the talent and the arm and all that stuff, which I don't know that he does, but either way, that's not what you needed to prove. What you needed to prove is that you didn't need Devontae because you're more than willing to adapt to a different way of playing. And he isn't doing that. He's not, he's not embracing the Matt LaFleur system. He's not going through his reads and his progressions and everything else. It's all just hero ball. It's all prior to the snap. That's my dude. That's where I'm going. I've done this a hundred times with Devontae. I know it works. I know it can work. And if, if the receivers don't do it, rather than saying, maybe I should stop doing that because I don't have Devontae, his thing is guys need to execute. You need to win that the way Devontae did. That's stupid, dude. That's, that's, that's craziness. Hello, Mr. Schlitt. Hey, Mr. Potato Head. One of your friends from Idaho. What's up? Anyways, uh, so I was just watching the Sammy Watkins um, interview in, in the locker room, and he just seems like the ultimate glue guy. I think I realized why a lot of people like him, you know. So I think he's a real deal, throwing down uh, how uh, everyone, if they're not performing, they need to be pulled. And he's backing Rodgers, and then he's saying, you know, the new guys are coming in, and it's a lot thrown on their plate, so it's going to be growing pains. And so I just really liked how he approached it. And I think he's a glue guy, so I really like him too. Also, I know everyone in Green Bay land is throwing fits and stuff like that. I'm out here in Idaho. Uh, my job is construction. I don't usually go to the office very often, so I was at the office today, and there was a was contemplate and I saw the customer. So I waited. He parked by me. So I waited for him to come out and yelled out to go pack go and he turned around and he said, Hell yeah. So not everyone in Packerland is losing <laughs> their mind right now. Anyways, have a good one. Thanks for all the material you put out and I enjoy listening to you every morning. Thanks. I will say, despite the kicking and screaming, if you're in Wisconsin and yell go pack go in any parking lot, you'll probably get a lot of people turning around saying, you know, heck yeah or whatever. Um, fans still love the team. They they get upset just like any team or fan will get upset about their team not doing well and players on that team not doing well. But but there's there's still still support. Um, yeah, I mean Sammy seems like a good dude. I I guess one of the things you mentioned that kind of got me thinking that I I hadn't really thought of, and I know this wasn't your point, but you mentioned how you know obviously Rogers made the comments if you're not playing you shouldn't be playing, and Generally, I supported that, right? I mean, that seems obvious. If you're not playing well, you shouldn't be playing. Then there is the other side of things that Rodgers kind of scoffed at, which is, you know, you got to expect rookies to have some growing pains. Um, again, Rodgers, this is why I think Rodgers is specifically talking about the rookies, and, and because there's really only one rookie he's playing with, sounds like he's talking about Romeo Dobbs when he's saying, which I, I think a lot less fans would be excited about Rogers' comments, not that very many are anyways, but the ones that are, if they realize he's specifically talking about Dobbs getting less time on the field. But, um, to, you know, it's, it's so hard to know exactly the dynamic, but, but looking at it from another point of view, and again, I, I had been supporting those comments as, yeah, that seems obvious. If what we're talking about is the rookies aren't performing let's just say Dobbs, for the sake of argument, isn't performing well enough, and so he shouldn't be on the field as much. First problem, isn't that what we've been complaining about for a long time? 
is redshirting all the rookies because they're not quite ready and then just putting out the guys that aren't as good but we trust them more. I mean, you know, maybe that's the right thing to do because we're seeing that it's not going great or whatever, but here, here's the other thing that kind of bothers me based on what I just said as far as Rodgers trying to find the next Devontae and him not necessarily being Devontae. And I know it's it's more than that. There's a couple times he's not running the exact right route or or he's running into other guys. It's 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 a problem. But I don't know if I want to bench Romeo Dobbs and put somebody else on the field because Dobbs isn't doing a good enough job running an offense that we shouldn't be running anyways. In other words, the problem isn't the receiver not living up to Rodgers' standards. The problem is us trying to run an offense to please Rodgers when we shouldn't be doing that. We should not be trying to please Rodgers and running his plays and plays that that allow him to you know, make pre-snap reads and de- determinations before they even snap the ball. Again, there's more on that tomorrow's podcast, how he's doing that. And the plays that they're calling are designed so that Rodgers doesn't have to go through progressions. If that's what we're talking about, then no, I'm not on board with that. I mean, generally speaking, yeah, if, if there is a basic expectation and people aren't living up to that expectation, then they shouldn't be playing. But but I guess the, the further question that we should be asking before we jump to that conclusion is, is what we're asking them to do the right thing to begin with? Is there something else we could be doing to further support the player rather than just saying, I want you to do this and you're not doing this and therefore you should be benched? Maybe the this that you're asking them to do is not the right thing. Let's at least clear that up first. Are we sure that we're asking them to do all the right things? We're calling the right plays, we're making the right checks, we're making the right reads, we're making the right throws. All that stuff is correct. If all those things are correct, Matt LaFleur is calling the right play, Rodgers is not checking out of it, Rodgers is going through his progressions and throwing to the right person, and unfortunately the right person is not doing the right thing consistently, and that's what's ruining the offense. If that entire progression is correct, then I support the decision and we need to, to I guess, give some, some people the time off until they can get it right. If that's not what we're doing, then I don't know if I support it. Oh, and another thing, just thought about this. I know everyone's talking about uh, Richie Passaccia. You should be promoted to the thing. Coach, head coach. Um, I thought that he was when they brought him on. I thought that's how they got him. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he is the assistant head coach. Anyways, have a good one. Uh, I don't believe so. His His title is special teams coordinator. I know I had mentioned that or, or, you know, me and a few other people had mentioned that that might be a way to get him over here is by making him the special teams coordinator slash assistant head coach because he's looking for a head coaching job that you might need to do that. But I think they ended up getting him just by, you know, making whatever promises that they, they made in terms of probably, you know, allow me to get the guys I want, which is why, you know, guys from the Raiders have come over here and Rudy Ford is here and all that stuff. And then on top of that, just paying him a lot of money. Um, is what got him here, but but his title is special teams coordinator. So that is uh, that is my understanding. And if that's not the case, then Packers. dot com slash team slash coach dash roster is uh, not correct. Hey Ryan. Hey it's Joe the janitor. Joe, what's going on, what's man? What's up? What's up? How you been? So um, early in the morning, Friday morning. I did take a look to see who won the game last night. Very, very happy to see that Tampa Bay lost. Yeah, man. Um, so it's been a long time, no talk. Suck. Ain't my life. 
Um, Sorry. Hey, my job. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I do love the Green Bay Packers, but I hate the team right now. Yeah, um, I get that. It's it's terrible. I actually think that's an important distinction because I think, especially on the positive Packer fan spectrum, it's always love the team no matter what, exactly as they are. And there, there is no room for the distinction of I love the team, but I hate the way that they're playing right now or the way that they are right now or whatever. Like that distinction doesn't exist in the mind of a, you know, what is it? What it? What is the thing? The new word of the day, Pollyanna, Packer fan. I think that is a, an important distinction that some people do make. I love this team with a passion. I hate this team with a passion. Both of those are true. You figure it out. I'm at a loss for words, but I'm a Packer fan till I die, and um, I'll keep watching. It's been pretty tough for me lately. Sorry, considering I live in Connecticut and um, the bad out there, Connecticut, you know, New England area. I don't know anything um, about Connecticut to be honest. And um, Patriots or what? We played the Patriots. Yeah, there you go. Start it, and we actually won. You know, barely felt like a loss, and. you know, Patriots in my neck of the woods. Then we go play the Giants. Yeah, and the Jets. And then we play the Jets. Yep. And then we play the Commanders. All teams I expect to win. Um, we lose to. And uh, due to my area of the country I live in, I've been tormented for weeks. Um, it's it's been pretty pretty rough, but I'll get through it. Um, and I haven't been talking any smack back because I really don't have any ammo. That's- well, that, that exactly. And, and some, again, fan how you want to fan, fight how you want to fight. I, I haven't really been fighting back either because, you know, again, w- w- when I go at Bears and Vikings fans or whatever, they always fight back, whether they have anything or not. I don't really do that. I mean, if they're wrong, I'll say that they're wrong. But if they point something out that I think is true, I'm not going to fight them on it because I think they're right much as it sucks, maybe I'll throw a little dig back at him or whatever about, you know, well, yeah, well, you should talk Bears fan or whatever. I don't know. But um, mostly I'm looking at it just going, yeah, well, I guess I guess we earned that. You know, we talked a lot of trash and now look at us and now we just got to sit here and eat it. Kind of the way that I'm looking at it. How bad this team has been. Not like even Bears fans. Like you can't really talk smack to them. Um, so... If, uh, well, I do still have my jab on a positive note. Um, and if anyone else wants to feel better about their situation in life, um, I'm a janitor at a movie theater. Uh, I work the matinee sometimes. I work the night shift sometimes. Matinee, you get the old people because they think they're getting a deal, even though the senior citizen tickets are the same price at night. Mm-hmm. And then at night, you get all the middle school punks. Yeah, man. Um, I remember those so, days. You know, do they like to throw like the candy? You know, they sit in the back and they throw candy and stuff. I'm not saying I did that, but I've gone to some some shows with friends and they would do that, and I hated it because it's like, dude, we're we're having a good night, you know, like we're hanging out, we're away from parents, we can do some fun stuff tonight, you know, whatever. We got freedom. Why? Are you doing that? And then you got like the staff having to come in, like somebody's reporting that somebody's throwing candy and uh, whatever. Is that you? Like, I don't want to deal with that. 
this isn't it's not it's not funny enough for me to hit some stranger in the back of the head with an M&M. Like first of all, that I don't think that's funny to begin with. It's just I didn't even hardly maybe a little chuckle, but not much of one. It's it's not worth it to get kicked out of the movie theater. So let's not. Okay, cost benefit way in the wrong side. Let's stop doing that. Last night I had to clean the back row of the movie theater and found three popcorn buckets with holes in the bottom. Oh, it's a terrible situation. All right, and I um my work has been pretty rough lately. You know, use that and gloves, the occasional diaper juice, adult oh, diaper juice. I'm not going to get into that right yeah, now. Yeah, don't tell that story again, but, please. Um, oh, pretty come on. And so are the Packers. Well. I'm going to have a bold prediction. I'm going to say the Packers are going to beat the Bills this week. Okay. And um, I'm going to go out and say it's going to be. Well, so much for that. <laughs> he does call back. We'll find out. All right, let's hear it. What is the prediction? Hey, Ryan. Sorry. I think you hung up on me. No, I didn't. Joe the janitor. Hey, Joe. What's going Again. on, man? Anyway, I was saying I got a bold prediction that we're going to beat the Bills. And um, it's going to be because of special teams. And I know that's a very bold prediction. That's a very bold prediction. Typically, the special teams loses us games. But, uh, you know, our offense isn't going to win us a game. So, um, right. defense, eh. It's a lot of picks to try to keep up with uh, the points that they're going to score as well. So, I can't see Josh Allen throwing picks, sixes, and touchdowns keep up with himself because you know we're not going to keep up with them and um yeah i don't know trying to keep the positivity up even though i'm a glass half empty kind of guy um yeah go pad go it's your biggest fan so stan shalom till next time special teams is gonna win the game how about that for a bold prediction huh um, I'm just realizing for whatever reason, I missed a bunch of calls. So we're going to double back, grab a couple of those, and then uh, take a break and move on, I guess. I apologize to the people that I skipped for random reason. I think it's because we got the new callers and then, you know, I don't notice that I skipped a bunch or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but these are going to be a little further back. We're talking right after the football game. So if, if you notice a spike in hostility, that would be the reason. Hey, it's me, Levi from Alaska again. What up? So I'm just calling right after the loss, you know, just calling in, see what Ryan has to say. But I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with this team. I really don't. I feel like we have so much blame on everything. Like it could be the quarterback. It could be the coaching. It could be the play calling. I use a lot of everything. And me personally, I love Jordan Love. I have a jersey. He's my guy. And, you know, I would like to see Jordan Love. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this team. I really hope we can turn it around. I think we can maybe make a statement of the season turnaround if we can beat the Bills. That's a big if, but if we were able to do that, I think maybe that could rejuvenate our season. So, hoping for the best. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know what you think's wrong with the team, but I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue. So, uh, see ya. I'll be honest, my my inability to turn over to Jordan Love is, I mean, I've laid out several reasons, but a, a big part of it is is cowardice. <laughs> um, 
I don't think Jordan Love has demonstrated to be a very good quarterback. And I have a feeling that if I sit here and say we should turn to Jordan Love and we do turn to Jordan Love, what's going to happen is Jordan Love is not going to play very well. The team is going to fail and lose, and everyone's going to say, well, you bunch of idiots who said we should turn to Jordan Love. Now, first of all, there's no reason to say that because we're, we suck with Aaron Rodgers too. But in reality, and this is, this is the part that's hard for me to bridge because it's like we can't turn to Jordan Love because he's worse than Rodgers. But if everything I'm saying about Rodgers is true, I don't know that that's real, right? Rodgers is not making, you know, it, at, the, at, at the least, what I have been saying is Rodgers prior to the snap is, is a brilliant quarterback, all that stuff. He's reading the defense. He's diagnosing, doing all this stuff. One of the things you're going to hear tomorrow on the podcast when I play the clip from The Athletic is the example they give about Rodgers really struggling. And this was staggering to me. Because, again, I'm not an X's and O's guy necessarily, so I, I, this is the kind of stuff that eludes me. I just look at, you know, he's not going through his progressions, and that was a bad decision, and, and just basic stuff. They talked about a specific play against the Jets. And um, in this situation, what they had said is this is, this is basic. For any quarterback in the NFL, this is, this is day one of installs. This is the most basic read any quarterback in the NFL can make. You go to the left... If they're in man coverage, you go to the right if they're in zone coverage is how they broke this down. On, on the left is Romeo Dobbs running a slant route. If they're in man coverage, that's your dude. If they're not, you go the other side. I don't know what they're doing over there, but that's that's the point. That's your zone side. Three guys were lined up where Romeo Dobbs is, which is an instant indication that this is zone defense. So what they're saying is any quarterback, day one out of college, can make this read and make the determination that your read is to the right side. Aaron Rodgers doesn't make any checks, doesn't make any changes, should be able to read this any day of the week, and never should look to his left. As soon as that ball is snapped, he not only looks to his left, he stares down Romeo Dobbs the entire time. Stares him down, stares him down, stares him down, and then throws to Romeo Dobbs, who is not open and does not catch the ball. So even on the even on in my best attempt to say that hey it's still Aaron Rodgers and he's still better than everybody else because you know the stuff he can do prior to the snap and and making adjustments and making changes I can't even do that anymore. I don't know that he's even even diagnosing plays prior to the snap and reading defenses properly. On top of the claims of him checking out of run plays constantly and everything else that we can't necessarily uh, verify but seems to be the case I don't know that he provides anything prior to the snap and I know for a fact he provides very little after the snap his accuracy is nowhere near the top five in the league in terms of you know hey you know if you if you change him with Jordan Love or anybody else there's a massive decrease in in quality of throw I don't think so especially since th- we are another thing they talk about tomorrow since 2012, nobody has thrown behind the line of scrimmage more um, than the Green Bay Packers. I think it was Alex Smith, his one year with Washington, was the uh, the last time anybody has thrown this many short behind the line of scrimmage passes. Jordan Love can't do that? Of course he can. And then you're talking about post-snap reads. Rodgers isn't even making them. They're designing the offense specifically so that Rodgers can run the plays that he likes, and those plays include plays 
where pre-snap he can determine the guy that he's going to throw to, and then he can just stare him down and throw at him no matter what. You don't need an MVP quarterback for that. You don't need anybody special for that. Anybody can do that. So every single thing that you look at and say, yeah, but only Rodgers can do that, that doesn't exist. I can't find one thing that you can look at and say, yeah, but, but I mean, if you, if you don't have Rodgers, then, you know, whatever. Or, or, or Love couldn't do this. What is that thing that Love couldn't do? What is the thing that Rodgers is doing right now that Love can't do? And that's where I say cowardice comes in. Because if, if that's true, then, you know, I'm not saying we're a good team, but we shouldn't be much of a worse team with Jordan Love. Maybe a couple more bad decisions. You know, a couple throws that Rodgers would never throw because he's much more careful with the ball. Other than that, there's nothing but upside. So I'm not calling for it because I, I just, I don't see the point in it. And I think it's, it's overall a net negative. But I'm, I would love for anybody to explain to me what it is we're getting from, from back-to-back MVP, Mr. $50 million man, that we can't get from an average basic quarterback. Because I don't know what that is. It has nothing to do with accuracy or decision-making, and it has nothing to do with pre-snap or post-snap. I have no idea what we're getting from Rodgers that is, that is special. Don't know. Hey, Ryan, it's Brett from Merrimack. Hi. Another dumpster fire of the game. Correct. Again, 12 touches for Aaron and AJ. Look what happens. Aaron Rodgers can't make a pass. Wide receivers can't catch a pass. Defense, I thought they played lights out, like 85% of the game. Yep. Jair got owned by Scary Terry. Rashawn's probably out with a concussion now. This team is garbage. <laughs> they are facing a Bills team next week, coming off a bye. So I'm sure, you know, they'll probably lose by at least 21 or 24 points. Pretty disheartening. The only thing that I did think was better was the offensive line looked much better today. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers got sacked at all. Right. He actually had time to throw. Yep. His throws are still completely off, overthrown, underthrown, outside, inside, whatever. Finally, he had a pick six on our defense. That was good. Um, yeah. Should have had a punt return for a score, but, you know, kicky-tacky plays, all that good stuff. So, at this point, you can't really expect a whole lot from the team anymore. They've shown you who you are. <clears throat> Still having an incredibly hard time stopping the run, of course. It doesn't matter what they do, I guess. I don't know. Pretty much at a loss of words. I think Matt LaFleur is going to be on the hot seat for coach now. He's con- constantly getting out coached. Can't get his team ready. I still don't think they practice. Apparently, they're too busy dancing at practice. They actually pay attention and, you know, get better. But Amari Rogers, uh, <laughs> again, why do we still have him fielding punt? Put somebody else out there. Yeah. Anybody. Put Samari Tori out there. Anybody. Again, practice. What do you do in practice? Not a damn thing. I'll wait to hear what you have to say. Go, Pat, go, I guess. 
Yeah, apparently, and I haven't heard it because I didn't seek it out, but there was a quote, I believe, from Rich Basaccia saying, at this time, Amari is our best option. There's nobody better. Um, I can't help but go back to what Coach Hahn said on the stream that I had done with um, with him, with Clayton, with Jacob, where he said that, you know, if you are going to be a Super Bowl caliber team, you need to have, I mean, you, you, first of all, you need to take special teams seriously, and you need to start playing your starters on special teams. You're telling me, if we put all our cards on the table, I'm not saying based on the two or three guys that we designated as punt returners, he's our best option. I'm talking about every single player is an option for punt return. You're telling me that Amari is your best option. You're telling me there's not a single human being that is on our team currently that can simply catch it and not let it hit the ground. Not one. I don't believe you. I think what you're what you're saying is we only are going to allow ourselves the option of one or two guys to to return punts. And maybe it has to do with how much we've actually practiced that or, or work with guys on that. And there are other guys that might be options, but we haven't really, you know, since training camp and working with them and they haven't been in the meeting rooms and all that, so they're not an option. I think that's what you're saying. And um, I kind of think that's BS. It's early in the season. If If you need to start considering putting other guys out there and need to start having them in meeting rooms and, and get them some opportunities. Cause again, I don't know how many meetings you need to have before you understand the concept of catch it and don't drop it. I feel like you can kind of get that one absorbed, you know, in zero meetings, but if you need two or three, you could do that in a week and have them ready to go in the next game. I'm not asking for anything crazy. I understand well there's, there's complexities and there's, you know, directional, kicking and what you do and how you do this and when you call fair catch and when you don't and and you know how, how to run based on the blocking and all that bro i don't care catch it don't drop it if you can do that you are an upgrade over amari rogers period so um i yeah it's it's like everything else man we, we can look at it we can identify the issue but i don't expect the team to actually do anything to change it uh, and also, again, I feel bad for Amari. Um, I think he's showing heart as a receiver, and I think he should continue to get opportunities as a receiver. I'm not saying he's a great receiver. I'm just saying he's showing that he he's trying. You know, he's making some really nice, tough catches, really hard running after the catch. That's where his opportunities should lie. And um, they keep putting him out there to return punts, which is not his thing. He's not good at it. And they keep putting him out there to fail so that everybody can call into my show and say he's garbage. And I don't, I'm not picking on you, Britt. I'm just saying it's unfair to him. Stop putting him in this position. He sucks at it. We know he sucks at it. Stop doing He knows he sucks at it. I'm sure he would love nothing more than to be pulled off of, of punt return cover unit thing, whatever. But you won't do it. And I just like everything else, I don't get it, man. I don't get anything this team is doing. I, I just I'm I'm dumbfounded at this point. Hey, man. Um, I just wanted to take responsibility for today's loss. At least someone is. How you ask? Well, I didn't rep the team properly. No Packer gear yep. today. Yep. That's no right. jersey. That's no T-shirt. No hat. Nothing. That that jinxed the team. Obviously. 
when I got dressed this morning, I forgot. Um, my bad. All right, go pack, go. Well, look, I mean, let, let's be honest, and I, I think we all know this, and this is this is a growing opportunity for you, John. Um, if if the team is losing, regardless of whether you're wearing gear or whatever, at a certain point, you have to look at what you're wearing and and ask yourself, should I be wearing something else? I mean, that that is superstition 101, man. Come on, John, you know this. All right, I mean, if you're not wearing Packers gear, go slap on a Packers shirt. If that doesn't work, put on a jersey. You know, if that doesn't work, go find those those Packers sweatpants. You know, we, you got to switch it up until until the team starts doing stuff right. You know, if it's not clothing for you, maybe it's it's where you're sitting. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I have at times realized that the team maybe doesn't play as well when I'm sitting down as opposed to when I'm standing up next to the TV. So you know what, I'm standing. Um, which I like to do anyways. I'm I'm too anxious to sit down, but if but if the team is is struggling when I stand and better when I sit, then I guess I'm sitting for the game. We got to step up our game, folks. We can't be trashing Aaron Rodgers and uh, everybody else if we're not going to do our part at home with our choice of wardrobe and um, anything else that that we can do to make sure the team wins. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, if 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 you're in the kitchen, if you walk like real quick, like, hey, I'm just going to run and, and grab a, a chicken wing that's in the kitchen and they score a touchdown, you're watching the game from the kitchen. And I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I tell you I've done that too. <laughs> I have kept myself in the kitchen during Packers games before and just kind of poked around the corner and, and yelled, hey, what's going on in there and turn, turn the game on the radio. Um. You, you know, it, it, you got to do what you got to do. Anyways, um, we'll take a break, and we got a bunch more to power through here. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, uh, furloughgroundranch.org. Uh, 608-501-0718 is the phone number. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? What's up, man? Uh, Ryan Santos here, man. Um, 
man, <laughs> where do we even start? Um, great question. I think we all went into this game uh, hoping that the Packers would do the best, would maybe prove us all wrong. But I think that somewhere deep down the side, we kind of knew that this was a very high possibility. At, at least I did. Yep. I really was hoping it wouldn't be, but I mean, I just, at this point, I just, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I just don't know what's wrong. No, I, I just, first of all, I, I, I agree because it didn't take very long. You know, I mean, we talk ourselves into it during the week that this very possibly could be the game that turns it all around, but, but at the very least, we're, we're going to win the game. We're going to look better. Um, it's just a question of how good we look and, and is this going to be a galvanizing moment or not? But as soon as they started, I mean, the, the game looked exactly like every other game this year. And I, and I know for you, because you're telling me, and I know for me and probably a, a large portion of Packer fans, we watched, especially the offense play the way that they have all year and just said, no, nothing's different. Like this, this is not, it wasn't because the giants are really good. It wasn't because the jets are really good. It wasn't because new England's actually really good. And Bailey Zappi's actually this elite quarterback or any of that stuff. It's just because we're bad, period. At first, I thought it was offensive line, and then it was Rodgers right. and his hero ball. Right. And then it was just Barry, and then it seems like Barry's got it together, but the defense just falls apart when yep. the offense can't exactly. get a drive together, and they're constantly on the field. And then that's, that's, that's exactly it. We keep making up all these reasons, and it's like it doesn't matter how many things change. right? We crucified Joe Barry because he's not putting his guys in a position to succeed. And so Joe Barry concedes and gives the defenders exactly what they've been asking for, gives the fans exactly what they've been asking for, and guess what? They can't execute, right? Jair, he's screaming and kicking and crying about, I should be doing this and that, and fans are, how dare you not allow the man to shut somebody down? He is a premier corner. So he's, okay, go ahead and shut him down. And he did not do it. He failed, and the team failed largely as a result. Um. And it turns out, just like Joe Barry said, it comes down to execution. It doesn't matter how you play, you got to execute. Turns out he was right all along. And yeah, the offensive, I said prior to the game, if the offensive line can block, we're going to win. Offensive line blocked, offense couldn't play. It doesn't matter how many times we check something off, uh, check off a box here or there. We say, well, if we do this, we'll win. If we do that, we'll win. And then, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised considering I've been talking about if we minimize mistakes, we're going to have you know, five mistakes in this game and still get blown out because it doesn't matter how many times we actually do what we're supposed to do. There's always another thing that's just going to, you know, make us suck, I guess, because there's so many layers to how bad we are. It's incredible how many layers there are. I thought it was defensive line, but they didn't look that bad today, but Rodgers was was not accurate, and then the receivers just looked atrocious. I mean, what, for three-fourths of the game... Uh, Lazar was the only receiver to catch a pass. I just, I just don't understand what's going on with this team. It's just, it's, it's really, really bad. And for the first time, I think in all my decades as a Packers fan, I just don't know where to place the blame. Yeah. I don't know what this team could do to get better. Um, and I, and I think you can pick anything, and you're right. But that's the problem. You know, I mean, I'm I'm going in hard at Rodgers, and it's like, well, so are you saying Rodgers is the problem? No, Rodgers is a problem. And the offensive line is still a problem. And the wide receivers are a major problem. And the tight ends are, to some degree, a problem. 
And A.J. Dillon, if nothing else, if not just the running backs in general, are a problem. The defense clearly is a problem. The secondary is a problem. The, you know, pass rush to, you know, pass rush is pretty solid, but, you know, the 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 edge rush depth and, and the, the run defense and special teams, and it's all a problem. It's not one thing. It's everything, and that's the problem. It's coaching. In-game, game preparation, it's player preparation, you know, the work they do during the week. It's literally everything is wrong with this team. And on top of that, between the fans, um, you know, fans like me who criticize the team, you know, I, I hate when, when diehard supporters say that we're bad for telling them that or for saying that the team's bad or for criticizing them for not acknowledging that they're bad. It's like, like if my daughters <laughs> are doing bad at something, I'm going to let them know that they're doing bad at it. You know, it doesn't mean I don't support them. It just, yeah, I mean, could you imagine, and I'm sure some people would say this, but if your kids mess up and you tell them, hey, you messed up, don't do that, and then somebody came along, some random passerby, and was scolding you for not loving your children. What are you talking about? Of course I love my children. What does this have anything to do with loving my children? What does correcting and observing problems have to do with loving my children? In fact, I don't know how you can love your kid and not correct them. How you can just accept failure and still say you love... And again, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, if you're positive despite the failures, then you don't actually love... I'm not doing that. I'm just saying it, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely not a problem in any capacity to be critical of a team that is, that is failing and still be a fan of the team. It means that you're not so good at this, but let me show you how you can be or let's find something that, you know, maybe better suitors for you or whatever the case may be, but whatever. I mean, your thoughts, Ryan, what do you think is going on here? Um, can it be fixed this season? Or is this, you know, just something where we rip those band-aids off and expose everything and just hope that between now and next season, we can, you know, get things together and just have a better 2020, 2023, 2024 season. Your thoughts, man. I appreciate you. Love the show. Original supporter. Always be here for you, man. Hopefully something happens, man. All right. Bye. Ryan, you know, I always appreciate the support. One of my, for sure, one of my original supporters, one of the first people ever to reach out and be like, dude, you got a really awesome show. And I was like, I do? That's crazy. I didn't know that. Um, now, now, obviously, I'm super arrogant about it, and I know that I'm just amazing. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I, I can easily point out, well, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. In terms of how do we make this, I don't know. How do we make this work? I, I have no idea. I think there's some validity to rip the Band-Aid off, tear it down, and, and do something else. Makes sense just because it's so deep-seated. Just because there's so many things. But I also think there's a, a 90% chance that that's just going to be destruction for the sake of destruction. It's not going to fix anything. It just makes everything worse, which for some people, who cares? If we're going to lose, we might as well lose big. I'm not necessarily there with you, but, um, you know, I, again, let's just see what happens. Any given Sunday, it's possible the Packers beat Buffalo, and then then everything changes. But um, I, just, I just I don't know, man. 
I just don't know. I'm just I I I'm kind of in just let's just sit back and see what happens mode because the the none of this even makes sense. You know, it, it's it's if this team was just bad and had no talent, you know, if if Rodgers left and and all these there was a bunch of injuries and everything else and you just looked at a bad roster losing, you'd be like, "Well, that sucks." I mean, we're 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 bad and it makes sense, but we get these guys back, we'll be fine. I mean, you know, it's basic stuff that's just simple to observe. I don't know what this is or why this is happening. I mean, I can identify this is failing because, you know, I mean, you can identify the individual problems, but why are those problems occurring? I don't know. I have no idea. Hey, Ryan. It's Goose. Don't worry about anger or vitriol. This team has broken my spirit. I got nothing left for them. I can't care. Get it. about what they're doing anymore because that was that awful of a game. I only call them to say that I stick by what I felt after the loss to the Niners in the playoffs. Said it then, saying it now, even though I tried to put hope into this team, tried to buy into the hype, I said that this team was broken, that Rodgers and the floor together can't get it done that it's time to try something new and boy oh boy are they proving it yeah that game i'd rather stick (laughs) a toothpick under my big toenail and kick a wall than be subjected to watching that again ow the bright spot was zach tom was phenomenal at left tackle so when we strip this thing down to bare bones and keep only our young talent, at least maybe we have a left tackle. But the only answer I can see to something this broken is to tear it completely down. It's like a motor that's been hydro-locked. The only way is to strip it down to the block and rebuild it with new components. New coaching staff, we can try love or we can draft a quarterback. I don't really care which way they go, but new coaching staff, new full philosophy for the team. Because the current one, the current team, it it doesn't work. It's so broken. It's pathetic. Like, they'd show heart for a couple of plays, and then just give up. Even Jair was just trash in this game. The commies were trying to give this game away at the start. Right. And once they saw that the Packers didn't want it, they said, okay, well, I guess we'll take it. We'll take a win. Thanks, guys. So my question to you is, what do you plan on doing with our top 10 draft pick in the offseason? Do you think we go forward back? Do we build offensive line? Please, no more defense. Right. It's obviously not working. Right. Yeah, I, uh, by the way, there is uh, Always Draft podcast show um, that uh, recently published a, an episode. Should be published by now. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I know it was supposed to be today, but I didn't see it the last time I looked. Um, talking about this very topic. Potential draft picks. 
Uh, what do you do? I don't know. Is Rodgers coming back? I'm assuming you're talking about a teardown. So we'll assume Rodgers is not back. My, my number one priority is to find a quarterback and let them compete because we're not going to do anything until we get that figured out. Um, now, if, as I said, a lot of times you don't drop a quarterback in a bad situation. Again, just following what you're saying, we got a new coach, we got all this new stuff. I'm, I'm hoping that with the talent we have, and it's not, it's not completely fixed, but with the talent we have, we should be good enough to put a quarterback behind the offensive line with the running backs and with the receivers and be able to be at least competent and better than we are this year. Um, not great, but better. Um, the other thing that I would look at is offensive line, probably offensive tackle, because again, as, as a Zach Tom supporter, I, I don't know that he's a good tackle. I know significantly less about Zach Tom than I did about Elton Jenkins when I thought he was a premier tackle. And even if Zach Tom is the guy, who's our other tackle? Cause David Bakhtiari seems like he's just done. Um, after after sitting for two years, he can only play about one game at a time before having to sit because his knee's acting up again. Um, so I think he's he's basically done. Elton Jenkins, I don't know if there's anything left. Zach Tom, I don't know if he's a guy or not, but um, I think regardless, we need to find a tackle. And um, that would be my probably next biggest priority. I do know safety is important. I don't think, you know, assuming, as you said, top 10, that that would be the direction to go. Um, you know, obviously pass rusher is another quality option, not opposed to wide receiver. Uh, I know everybody else is wide receiver crazy and probably too much so, but, but Hey, if, if, you know, if, if, if this, if this is the best we have at wide receiver, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if there is a premier option. And I think there might be a couple to, uh, to go that route. So I know it was a little bit of a, uh, uh, backhanded question. Not to me necessarily, but to the team, but I'll I'll answer it anyways, and that's the best I can do. But yeah, quarterback is always the number one the number one option, especially given the situation we're in. Even if Rodgers does come back, if we end up with a top ten pick, one hundred thousand percent and I will trade anything anything if I think there is a legit elite quarterback option. Uh I I I, I would trade happily a couple of years first round picks if it means getting up high enough to get that guy. Again, not 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 out of desperation, but if if there is a guy that we're saying this guy for sure is it, then you got to go get him. There's no question about that. So, uh, I, out of curiosity, because I know a lot of teams suck right now, I do wonder where we're sitting. It's my first time pulling up Tankathon this season. We're still sitting at 16 at three and four, but uh, there's a lot of three and four teams. Assuming we lose. Um, you know, we, we, we did beat Tampa, so the highest we could get is 11th, and that's assuming everybody else wins, and I doubt that'll happen. But um, so many bad teams, it's crazy. There's there's uh, one, two, three, four, five other teams that are three and four. Tampa's three and five. And then there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven two-win teams. Imagine being a two-win team and having the ninth overall pick like the Raiders right now at two and four. I mean, the Lions are have the number one pick with a one in five record. And they're a couple of wins away from being like the 16th or 17th pick. You know, I mean, put it this way. There are only 18 teams that are not in the playoffs, right? Cause that pick 19. Now we're talking about wildcard teams. Only one of those teams, not in the playoffs has a winning record. And that's the Bengals. 
Falcons at three and four are in the playoffs. So the number 19 overall pick has a three and four record. The number 20 overall pick has a three and three record. This is a great year to be a good team and a terrible year to be a bad team. If you're a good team, you just slide right into the Super Bowl, more or less. If you're a bad team, you're battling, battling for a top 10 spot. Not the year to tank, I'll tell you that. Hey, Ryan, Seth. Hey, man. Thought I'd give some takes after the game. Well, that was pretty uh, pretty terrible. Yep. Uh, like I said, a few takes, a few hot takes. Uh, one, Aaron Rodgers uh, looked pretty terrible. I I don't he know is. if his thumbs impacting him more than what we're hearing, but he is really inaccurate on a lot of those plays. Right. It's an easy first down. He's throwing at people's feet or two yards outside their frame. That should be easy easy catches. And also, he seems very unconfident, which drags the rest of the offense down. He said in one play, "What are we doing?" And which is true, but we need a leader from him. Not uh, not not to pull everyone down. Uh, second hot tag, Jair Alexander. Uh, you got what you wanted. You're getting one on one at the corner. You can't give up two huge plays. Right. Can't happen. Third, Zach Tom, future starting right tackle. Josh Diamond, forever backup tackle. Aaron yeah. Jones should get the ball even more than he did. I'd like to see us get him get him some different types of looks though. He's getting a lot of, you know, of course a lot of runs, but then a lot of screens. I would like to see like some quick slants with him or something like that. Yeah. Uh maybe even some standard receiver routes. I think we could get him the ball more. But I think uh I think that's all I got. Of course I wasn't happy with uh, a couple of those calls and the rest, but we gotta be better. Um Maybe if a Rogers thumb is bothering him that bad, throw him on IR. Season's done anyways. See what Love can do, and by some miracle, we win a few of the games while he's out. We can come back and make a push with him. All right. Yeah, the Rogers thumb thing is another one of those things that you look at and say, "Well, that's a legitimate, you know, it's a legitimate issue." And you're saying, "Well, yeah, it is, but how much better does this team get if?" Uh, his accuracy increases because of a better, it, it doesn't get better, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I know you're not saying that, but it's just, it's another thing. You know, Rogers has a thumb injury. Yeah. Well, th- add it to the list of, of issues that are causing us to struggle. It's a never ending list. Um, and yeah, as far as putting him on IR again, unless Rogers approves, they're never going to do it because this is, this is Rogers team and they do, Pretty much whatever the guy says is my uh, my feeling on that. Uh, boy, we still got like seven more. Ryan, Seth. Hey. Uh, a couple things. Before I get to those things, I think you uh, missed uh, missed my calls on Sunday in response to the game. Left I did. Messages. I got it. I just so got it. I know you're a busy man, but I had to give you some crap. Sorry. Uh, Figured it out. Two things. I I kind of want to see us bring up Tyler Goodson with A.J. Dillon struggling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not that he's better than Patrick Taylor or anything, but he just has that spark. And uh, maybe he can, when Aaron Jones needs a rest, maybe he can kind of provide something similar. I don't know. Can't hurt to give it a shot. Second thing, um, I'm guessing that Aaron Rodgers doesn't actually get much accountability in the meeting room. I get that vibe, um, too. Hearing Tom Clements talk about him and Matt LaFleur, it's kind of like uh, he can't do anything wrong from their perspective. 
And I'm not saying he's the whole problem, but he is definitely part of the problem. And uh, I don't know. I, uh, I I question if he gets the same accountability that other people get. Not right. that he doesn't doesn't deserve any special treatment, but he definitely needs to be held accountable. And um, what do you think? You think they hold him accountable in those rooms? How do you think those conversations go? I would love to Thanks. know, because again, there are very obvious mistakes being made. I'm very curious how that gets handled. Does anybody like get in his face about that? I mean, I don't know if anybody gets in anybody's face, but just I just I just struggle to imagine that. That you know, because again, Rogers is the smartest guy in the room. He demands all this this respect, and and you know, I just from top to bottom of the organization, he is the guy. And I just really struggle to imagine anybody just getting in his face, especially in, in a meeting room with other people, but even pulling him aside privately. I, I just I can't imagine anybody looking at him going, what are you doing? What is this? Why? Why? You know, I, again, look at what Rogers does. When when he makes a mistake, he looks to the sideline, starts swearing at Matt LaFleur. <laughs> like, what? What is that? Well, that, that, to me, is a guy that, that doesn't really have a whole lot of a I mean, when was the last time you saw Matt LaFleur get in his face? Never. Never. He's never once, you know, as Rodgers is coming to the side. You know, we see that every week with quarterbacks that come to the sideline with their head down. I mean, that was the whole uh, thing with Kyler Murray, right? The coach had made some kind of a comment that he obviously didn't like and didn't take very well. But you see that all the time where we're quarterbacks kind of have their head down and the coach is looking at them with their hands up like what are you doing what 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 was that you know and they walk past them with an attitude or whatever but i've never seen that you know i, I again may, maybe it's a respect thing you don't want to undermine your 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 leader in front of everybody but I, I just i think that would create additional issues and and then the other question is are you doing it privately if you don't want to do it but but then how do you how do you talk to jordan love and be like here's Here's what we should do. <laughs> How do you teach Jordan Love and not bring up Rogers' mistakes? Like, hey, don't ever do that, and don't do that, and make sure you don't do that. I don't. I, I guess I'm just curious if if the guys making mistakes, um, what uh, what does that look like? And and again, just based on again the the Rogers comments didn't bother me as much, but it does kind of fit the narrative of a, of a guy that says, you know, he, he wasn't perfect, but he was pretty good, and he, he certainly doesn't think he's the issue. I have a feeling it's being reinforced by the coaches who want to blame the receivers and everybody else. And again, there's a lot of times when you can look at it and say, technically the receivers are to blame, but we shouldn't have been doing this to begin with. Like that's not, yeah, the receiver wasn't where he's supposed to be, but why did, why, first of all, why did we run this play? Second of all, why are you staring him down? Third of all, why didn't you come off of it? Because he was never open. But we're going to ignore those questions and hone in on, yeah, see, you got to use your outside leverage. No, dude, this was stupid from the start. We should never have even looked, I mean, this should have been a play that went for 20 yards on the other side of the field. And then we come back and go, oh, by the way, Romeo, just so you know, you should have done da, 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 da. Just saying. Yo, it is uh, formerly Aaron Two. Hey, man. I'd like to be known as Jimmy. Sorry. My alter ego. Stuck. And I'm nobody's number two. Uh, so, Jimmy is Dig calling. That. And um, I, I want to say that um, 
it is uh, astounding to me that Rogers is locking on his one, his first read, and that's it. Yeah. What the hell? Like, he's supposed to be the smartest guy in the room, the most experienced guy in the room, the guy that knows how to make it work. And uh, I think he's just done. I think he's done. I think he came back to the money, um, and that's about it. And it's, uh, wow, is it frustrating. Uh, he could be doing so much more with his own legacy right now if he chose to. Um, but as we've uh, noted in the past, there seems to be a generational divide to some extent. He's not coaching anybody up. He's just sitting there pouting and um that is not going to get the job done. We talk about passion, right? We talk about lesser players playing like it's their Super Bowl. He's, he, he doesn't feel that way anymore. He feels like he is the Super Bowl. And uh, everybody else got to come up to him. Uh, if he can't get down with his teammates and, like, help them, we're all going to just suffer through this for, well, until he decides he's done is what it seems like. Uh, call me crazy. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo could be doing a better job for us right now than Rodgers is, and there is definitely a part of me at this point that wishes we had traded him to San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Bye-bye. Oh, man, you're, you're getting me to, to bite on all these hot takes, and people are going to get really mad at me. But I, I, if everything I've said up to this point is true, you're right. Because if nothing else, that's what Jimmy was. He's he's a substandard quarterback that can follow instructions and just throw to the guy that's open, which is literally all we need right now. Um, now we don't have Debo, and we don't have a lot of these things. And, we, and to be honest, we don't have Kyle Shanahan. But um, I'm I'm struggling. And 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 as far as your take on, and I wasn't going to play this, but I didn't get the opportunity to do it in in tomorrow's podcast. So I'll I'll do it now. Your take on him just being done. You're not alone. This was Tony Pauline's take as well. Rodgers just seeming like he's just done. The question posed to Tony Pauline is, do the Green Bay Packers miss Devontae Adams? True to a certain extent, but I don't think Devontae Adams is the panacea for uh, the, the Packers going for <laughs> Excuse me. God bless you. Good team. God bless you again. You okay? <laughs> I'm good. I'll live. I'll live. A team that's going three to uh, three and four to a team that's going six to one, uh, six and one. You know, yeah. Devontae Adams isn't going to help the Green Bay Packers dominate the NFC East. Never mind the NFC. I mean, the fact is this: you know, Aaron Rodgers has lost his edge. He's lost it physically. He's lost it mentally. He kind of alluded to that yesterday. And with Devontae Adams' help, yes, to a certain extent. But you know, I, I, I think when we look back on it, and this is just opinion. You know, quarterback may have been better off retiring rather than taking that big money contract that he got, which is probably what lured him back into Green Bay. Yeah. So again, that's that's your exact perspective, and and you're not alone. And and again, I think we're starting to hone in a little more on Rodgers. I, I just we've had a lot of. Ex- I was defending Rodgers probably the first three four weeks of the season, saying he doesn't have time to throw, and I was right. He didn't. But now that we've seen him with time to throw, it's not helping, right? And we can blame the the receivers, but then you look at the film after and you see guys that are open, or you see guys that are open that he throws into the dirt. And it's like, well, that that's not the receiver's fault, though, right? So, and again, as things continue to unfold and as this starts, you're, you're starting to see everybody's honing in on a certain 
area. And there there are multiple areas, but Aaron Rodgers is protected by the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers. It's way too hot takey to come out and be like, this guy doesn't know how to, to do basic reads and stuff. It's why I didn't even explore it until I'm watching and seeing him just key in on guys. And even then I'm like, this is going to sound crazy, but it kind of seems like it. But again, now everybody's saying it. And now that people are saying it, it's going to pick up momentum. And now you're seeing everybody start to, to key in on this thing. Now, can Rodgers come off this and recognize, hey, I am the issue. The way that I'm playing is the issue, and I need to start doing X, Y, and Z? Sure. But here's the thing. Just for the record, he can't prove anybody wrong. That's not possible. Because people are not wrong based on what he has done up to this point. If he turns it around, he hasn't proved anybody wrong. He just finally got his act together. About frickin' time, hopefully it's not too late. But there's no proving anybody wrong. It's it's put up or shut up time. And if you want this to go away, if you want people to stop calling into my show saying, bench him and put in love, tank the season, he doesn't have it, his, I'm tired of his attitude, I'm tired of this, the accuracy is garbage, he won't come off his first read, all this, he lost his edge, he just came back for the money. If you want that to stop, you, 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 you have to stop. Stop doing those things. It's, it's, it's simple. At least I think it is. Is it? Maybe it's not. Maybe he can't do it. I don't know. But it's, it's got to start at some point, man. We're, we're what, seven weeks into the season? I, I will, will be watching. I don't know what else to say. Hello, this is Tom Austin of the Tom Austin Show. Just hey. calling in to ask a question. Tom's back. Due to it being close to Halloween. Oh, boy. Uh, who would you take to go ghost hunting? Two people from the Packers, one fellow person from Packernet, and two of the callers. All right, bye. <laughs> Haven't we done ghost hunting before? I feel like we've done ghost hunting before, but... Um... What what do you? This is the problem with this. What are you looking for in a ghost hunter? What are the qualifications? I mean, I, I guess you need somebody that speaks with the dead. So Rogers and Sammy Watkins would be the the two people from the Packers, for sure, right? I mean, they're 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 the two guys that I need ghost hunting. One person from Packernet, ghost hunting. Um. <sighs> the heck do we have for options here? I mean, again, I don't think we have any uh, supernatural folks. Um, I think I'm going to bring Sam Holman, partly because I don't think I've brought him in any of these uh, Thomas Austin excursions, and partly because I feel like anytime you got like a Ghostbusters situation going on, you got to have the guy that's like the scientist, you know, the real intelligent guy that knows how all the machines work. And I think Sam is probably that guy. So we got the far out there supernatural Packer players. We got our scientist, and then I, I need a caller to come with. Um, we'll bring Britt along, just because it's all dudes up to this point. And I don't want to get canceled for being sexist. So she will be the token female ghost hunter. There you go. We're all rounded out. Thanks for the call, Tom. Hey, Ryan, Trevor. Usually in Virginia, now in Florida. What? You ever taking uh, the kids to Disney World? Certain day, three to five here, with our two-year-old at Disney World. Yeah. Uh, the good thing it. is, schedule makers decided to put us Sunday night after kids go to bed, so I'll be able to watch the game. Uh, in the past, as a game, I would have also been in a bad mood for a couple days, since we have a park. I'm really having a hard time understanding. Am I, is this me? 
I don't know the sentences that are that are happening here. Going to another park on Halloween on Monday. Okay. It'd be good if we could play a good game, so I'm that not would be nice. in a bad mood while we're in our last day. And my wife's mad at me because I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> because Ruin the off. vacation. Uh, but yeah. What do you think? You think we can, uh, any chance Ugh. we put up a good fight? I mean, I don't, I keep seeing, you know, I'm kind of unplugged being here, but it's hard to tell which wide receiver is going to be in and out. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Lavard seems to be out. Cobb out. I mean, is it going to pick it? If uh, Pickens, wow. If Watson comes back, is it going to be a big dose of Watson and Dobbs? Be nice. I don't know. Or will we start actually throwing it to the running backs more out of the backfield? I mean, it seems like we just stopped throwing the Dylan out of the backfield altogether. We need to get that going again. But, uh, yeah, kind of rambling in this call. A little scatterbrained out here doing all this. But uh, go back, go. Um, if I had to guess, then it would be the short passes to the running backs out of the backfield because we're scared to death of their pass rush. As much as it's exciting to be like, oh, we're going to, we're going to launch it down the field to Watson and Dobbs. And it's going to be this big shootout game. And it's going to be like 45 to 39 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, now it's going to be a dink and dunk fest, at least on our part would be my guess. Um, any chance we put up a fight? I mean, I know there is. And maybe this is just my inexperience with being a team, uh, a fan of a team that's really, really not great, especially offensively. Not used to that. Um, but it feels like it's impossible. Maybe if I was like a Jets fan or whatever, uh, Lions fan, Bears fan, I would have some proper perspective of, no, there's there, there's like one game a year or so where your team really just shows up and, and ruins a team's season and makes them feel stupid and then you celebrate it or whatever. I know it's possible. Certainly know it's possible, especially since we have more so than, than bad teams that play spoiler, we have the talent to do it, but it just doesn't feel possible. You know? Like there's so many problems. It's just, I don't know. Again, we'll sit, we'll sit back and watch. And hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised and all the positive fans will come out and start screaming and having their day in the sun. Ha ha, you bunch of negative idiots, I knew it. That'll be great. That'll be my favorite thing. That'll be the best part of a Packers victory is um, people telling you that you suck and are not a real fan. <laughs> that's that's how I like to celebrate. It's Halloween's Eve. Yeah. And there's ghosts in your attic. All right. Or there is poltergeist in your basement. Okay. Who are you going to call? Packernet after dark. <laughs> Ryan, okay. get your ghost-busting gear out. Yeah. And let's head up to Green Bay. All right. And let's get these goblins that are in the locker room. Let's remove these that we've been watching that have been keeping us up at night and giving us nightmares. Are you saying horrors, H-O-R-R, or a different word? Because I have no idea why we just took a hard right turn there, and I'm going to bleep that just in case, because <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Let's remove all of these things that make our skin crawl and make us scream after a loss. So calling Clayton and JJ, Sam, get them all on the line, okay. get out that Hearst, yep. drive out to Green Bay, put on your gear, and let's go 
remove some ghosts. I'm still That's th- all. I'm still thrown off by the by the, by the uh the horror horror part. Uh but yeah, dude, that's that sounds fun. I'll meet you up there. <laughs> Do I have to wear like a costume or I don't know. It feels weird. Plus they're they're in Buffalo, aren't they? So I don't know. I guess when they come back then it'll be a ghost-free environment, so that'll be good. I know we're running long, but we got two more, and we're gonna we're gonna do the last two here. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, hey, man. Just calling in because I'm seeing on Twitter a lot right now about people seeming to think that uh, the Packers are gonna beat the Bills, uh, and I'm just kind of wondering what is going on in these window licking cran eaters' minds that they think that the Packers have a shot to do that. If they somehow pull this through and beat the Bills, I will almost be more upset. Because how do you lose to the Commanders and then go on to beat the Bills? That I kind of made that point also that, you know, yeah, you can celebrate and everything, but how did we get here? How do you let it get here? You know, I, I made that comment with the, you know, now now we really see and now because we're the underdogs and we needed this. and it, Dude, if it's there and you just haven't cared enough to play up until this point, almost halfway through the season... That kind of takes me off a little bit. But, yeah, I guess welcome to the season, finally. That's that's playing up and down to your opponents, which is not something that you should do. Uh, that's just not something you should ever do. And if they beat the Bills, it's just going to be giving the fan base false hope because this, this team is not built for the playoffs. It's another right potential now. It hasn't issue. been for a few years now. Um, so I, I'm just I'm worried a lot of you are getting your, your hopes a little too high. Um, Sunshine and Rainbows Twitter being a little too confident. Um, just prepare yourselves and don't go into the game with that mentality. I'll just let you know that now. Go back go. Well, and the strange thing is even negative fans are doing it. It's not just positive fans. A lot of negative fans are doing that just from um, sort of a belief that, I don't know, like this is just a Packers thing, you know, because they're, because they're so talented, um, they'll, they'll win one random game and it'll be this game and then they'll lose the rest of the season. But even they are, you know, again, if you have that in the back of your head that, you know, they're they're going to have the this little game that's going to remind us that we're actually really, really good, even though we're going to have a bad season. I think you're still setting yourself up for failure. If, if they go out and play the way that they have all season, it's going to be crushing because you've still somewhat convinced yourself that, you know, maybe it won't be that bad. And, and if it is, and if nothing changes and it's still the exact same team, it's just it's going to hurt a lot worse than if you just kind of go into it. And, and again, I'm not telling you that you have to be a fan simply to protect your feelings. I mean, if you you know do whatever you want to do, but if you're building up false hope, it's only going to make it harder than just saying, as far as I know, this is the team. And if they continue to play like this, then I'm just going to look at it and be like, yeah, that makes sense. And if they play better, then I say, is this a fluke or maybe is there something real here? But yeah, there there are a lot of people really getting their hopes up, um, whether it's from a positive or negative standpoint, in the belief that this is either this is going to be the start of it all, or this is going to be some kind of a fluke game where the Packers win. But either way, there's there's a lot of people that have this hunch that we're going to win the game, and and I'm I'm like you, I, I just because I haven't seen any information that would indicate that, and 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 even from the standpoint of hey, they're getting close, and I, I even said after watching Washington, like hey, there's they took some steps in a couple areas, and that's cool. They're still really far away. I mean, even they're they were far away from beating Washington. 
the amount of steps they would need to take in a week to beat Buffalo is pretty staggering. Hey, Ryan. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you? Joe, the janitor. Hey, Joe, the janitor. From Connecticut. Hi. So, I'm on my work break. Nice. I got a double today. Okay. Right in between the, the matinee and the night shift. Yeah. Um, you know, not, nothing crazy is going on today. Good. But uh, I overheard some of the kids working the cash register talking about Kanye West. Okay. And some of the shenanigans he's up to. And uh, it got me to thinking. Maybe Aaron Rodgers and Kanye West are sipping the same Kool-Aid. Because um, <laughs> something's wrong with, with both of these guys mentally. Um, for sure. I feel like... Uh, I don't exactly know what's going on with Kanye. Um, like I said, I'm still pretty unplugged. But I have seen some things about Kanye made some comments. So um, I'm going to... I'm going to let you run with this and kind of back away from it because I have a feeling comparing Rodgers to Kanye. Without knowing exactly what Kanye did, I'm, I'm guessing not going to be very heavily supported. But I'm going, to let you, uh, I'm going to let you run with this thought. Kanye West is secretly trying to take down Illuminati and, and everyone's bashing him for it. And then you got Aaron Rodgers who uh, is against the cancel culture and, and uh, pushing his narratives. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe that's what's going on. Maybe Rogers Crime needs to stop duo. hanging out with Kanye West, assumably. Um, Who knows? Anyway, see how retirement goes. Um, would you rather listen, or actually, would you rather watch three hours of Kanye West music videos on YouTube, or watch the Packers get pounded on Sunday night by the Bills? Well, it's your biggest fan, Stan Shalom. Um, well, I mean, I want to watch the game and I don't want to watch the Kanye videos necessarily. Um, I'm sure he has some good songs. I can't really remember what they would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do want to watch the game. Even if you told me they're going to lose, I, 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 just, I, I want to watch it. I'm going to be miserable, but I want to watch it. Um, so I guess that's my answer. If, if it was kind of like, would you want to watch it back or watch the, I'll probably do the Kanye. Just because it's music and I'll put it on in the background, I'll do something else. Um, so that that I guess is my answer to the question. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how retirement goes. I'm curious if Rogers. I, I kind of think he's going to slip off into the sunset, but I guess I don't really know for sure. Anyways, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, Kanye and Rogers tag team duo. Uh, you guys have a great day. Hopefully, we have a a little something to feel good about after this week. Um, if nothing else, maybe a little closure and answer to some kind of a question would be nice. Even if it's, if it's negative, like, Hey, now we know what the problem is and we know what to do going forward. Um, we'll see, but have a good day and, uh, please call in pregame, during game, post game with your thoughts. 608-501-0718. Bye-bye.